fellow people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners, welcome to this week's news and flashback fun mini episode of Midday Movie Madness. Happy birthday today to Kristen Wiig, actor Ty Burrell, rock singer Tori Amos, pop singer Dua Lipa, and comedian James Corden, among others. 1997's Mimic and G.I. Jane, 2014's Netflix show Bojack Horseman and If I Stay, Queen's hit 1980 song Another One Bites the Dust, Stand By Me, and 2018, 2008's The House Bunny all debuted on this day in their respective years. Well, most of the pre-flashback fun news is happy. I have three bits of sad news. First off, 66-year-old Emmy Award-winning TV actor Ron Selfish-Jones suddenly passed away from a pulmonary problem last Saturday night. Best known as This Is Us, William Hill, he also appeared on the small screen in Mr. Robot, Luke Cage, The Get Down, Truth Be Told, and Looking for Alaska. Film-wise, he starred in 2007's Across the Universe, 2019's Don't Mind Is My Name, 1998's He Got Game, and many others. Nintendo announced major news yesterday, August 21st, that made Mario fans go, what? And mamma mia, IGN.com reported, Nintendo has announced on X, formerly known as Twitter, that Charles Martinet, who had been the video game voice actor for Mario since 1991, is retiring. He will be stepping into a new role of Mario Ambassador, Nintendo told 109 via email that Martinet is not involved in Super Mario Bros. Wonder, the next video game in the Super Mario franchise, but that the company is excited to honor his legacy and contributions in the future Martinet's new position as Mario Ambassador. Martinet's voice will appear in the upcoming HD re-release of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, a Nintendo Switch. The full post reads, Charles Martinet has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It has been an honor working with Charles to bring, help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date. Martinet first began voicing Mario in Super Mario 64 and has been tapped for additional roles, including Wario and Waluigi. For years, he has traveled the world alongside Nintendo in order to support various Super Mario releases, including to promote this year's Super Mario Brothers movie, which saw Guardians of the Galaxy star Chris Pratt portray the platforming plumber. I'm sorry, Britney Spears fans, but yesterday it was declared that once upon a one more time, the Britney Spears-fueled jukebox musical is lowering the curtain and taking its final bow September 3rd. That's mere months after the play, based on the singer's hit songs, such as, of course, Baby One More Time, along with Circus, Oops I Did Again, Lucky, 
Toxic, and many others, opened June 22nd at the Marquee Theater. I guess Britney couldn't cut it on Broadway. In better news, National Cinema Day is back. Woohoo! Deadline.com announced the exciting news August 21st, saying National Cinema Day will return this Sunday, August 27th, for a second edition. The nonprofit Cinema Foundation announced today, with discounted admissions for all movies at over 3,000 participating theaters and 30,000 screens. Tickets for all tickets, all shows, and all formats will be more, no more than $4. Concession discounts start up to each exhibitor. At last year's event, which was held September 3rd, the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, tickets were $3. In the midst of a slow COVID recovery for exhibition, it brought 8.1 million people to theaters and grossed $24 million, up 8% from the previous Saturday, and it was the highest attended day for movies in 2022. Order up! The first teaser trailer for Good Burger 2, starring Kenan Thompson, Kel Mitchell, Little Ray Howery, Kamaya Fairburn, Elizabeth and Emily Hankler, Carmen Electra, Josh Server, Annabelle Gratz, and Jillian Bell was released yesterday. The films get served at Paramount Plus this November. Speaking of returning friends, Gizmodo.com announced earlier today, it's been a long time since Frozen 2, and it's going to be an even longer wait still until Disney is able to do anything about its plans for a third entry in the series. So, why not podcast? That seemingly is the question Disney has asked itself, and answered in the form of the Disney Frozen podcast, Forces of Nature, a new 12-episode narrative podcast series that is aimed at the 6- to 12-year-old audience, already primed with a yearning to belt out, let it go, at that drop of a hat. Hosted by ABC's Ginger Z, what's being described as season one of the series will follow Anna and Elsa as they find themselves facing a threat to the very spirits of nature itself and strange mechanical beings roaming the enchanted forest. Aside from familiar faces from the movies like Anna and Elsa, the podcast will introduce new characters as well. Although whether or not they'll have some part to play in the eventual Fort Rosen 3 remains to be seen. The Disney Frozen podcast, Forces of Nature, is set to begin streaming sometime in October. People.com stated yesterday, singer Yada's second little one has made her arrival. The singer's second child, a baby girl, was secretly born earlier in August, making her 15-month-old son, RZA, a big brother. Jesse James Decker just revealed that she's having a fourth baby. And it looks like there's a new Bachelor Nation baby coming early next year. But the Sork isn't delivering the bundle of joy to any of the former winners and contestants. It would be going to Bachelor host Jesse Palmer. He is expecting his first child, a girl, with his wife Emily Fardo in early January 2024. The New York Times.com revealed yesterday, Get Ready to Rumble. The Outsiders, a new musical adaptation of the 1967 S.E. Hinton novel of teenage alienation, alienation, as well as the 1983 Francis Ford Coppola film starring Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, and Ralph Macchiano, 
will begin performances on Broadway this spring. The cast is yet to be named. The musical is set in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the 1960s and follows an increasingly bloody conflict between rival gangs, the Eastside's have-nots, the Greasers, and the Westside's haves, the Sox, so- short for socials. It will begin previews at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater on March 16th with an opening slated for April 11th. Angelina Jolie was announced last week as the lead producer. Jolie, whose credits as a film producer include Maleficent and Unbroken, saw the world premiere at La Joya Playhouse in San Diego this year with her 15-year-old daughter, Vivian, whom she said will serve as her assistant. The pair also attended a touring production of Dear Evan Hansen in Philadelphia last year. Great news for Sex and the City fans. And just like that, the Max streaming service's hit revival and sequel to HBO's hit TV series Sex and City was renewed for a third season today. And oddly enough, Sex and City star Kim Cattrall's 67th birthday was just a few days ago. On the other hand, Max is getting Warner Brothers, hmm, how do I put this bluntly and nicely? Way underperforming, not very well-received superhero film The Flash on its service this Friday, August 25th, a mere 70 days after it opened. Ouch. It's flashback fun time, folks. Can you believe August 19th marked 50 years since Bruce Lee's final completed film, Enter the Dragon, Kung Fu kicked its way into theaters? To mark its big milestone, let's take a look back at the 1973 film, which was released one month after Lee's death on July 20th, 1973. It also starred Jim Kelly and John Saxon. The American Hong Kong co-production centered on Lee, a martial artist expert determined to help capture the narcotics dealer whose gang ended up responsible for his sister's death. Lee enters a kung fu tournament in an attempt to fight his way into the dealer's headquarters and uh, take him out. According to its Wikipedia page, Enter the Dragon was estimated to have grossed over U.S. $400 million worldwide, estimated to be the equivalent of over $2 billion adjusted for inflation as of 2022, against a budget of $850,000. It is one of the most successful martial arts films ever, it is widely regarded as one of the greatest martial fil- arts films of all time. Among the first films to combine martial arts action with spy film elements and the growing blaxploitation genre, its success led to a series of similar productions combining the martial arts and blaxploitation genres. Enter the Dragon is also considered one of the most influential action films of all time with its success contributing to mainstream worldwide interest in the martial arts, as well as inspiring numerous fictional works, including action films, television shows, action games, comic books, magna, and anime. According to IMDb.com, Bruce Lee actually hit Jackie Chan, who appears in the film twice, in the face with one of his fighting sticks. Right after he immediately apologized and insisted Chan could work on all of his movies after that. Sadly, Lee passed away before he could keep his promise to Chan. 
And it's one of two English language films in which Lee speaks with his natural voice. The other one is 1969's Marlowe. Bark, bark! Saturday, August 26th is National Dog Day, the annual holiday celebrating man's furry best four-legged friend. On Thursday's show, I'll be talking about a pack of four poochie-starring pitchers. Oh boy, I can't wait to be rocked about Ron Thursdays. Uh, no, Scoob, I'm not doing you. Besides, you got talked about twice last year, remember? Oh, right. Right for God. I'm sorry. There are nearby? Uh, no. Row. As Thursday's pack of doggy films will be all happy ones, let's take a look at one that uh, usually makes people reach for the tissues. Well, there are tons of sad dog films out there, like Hachi, A Dog's Tale, Red Dog, Where the Red Fern go- Grows, The Art of Racing the Wet Rain, A Dog's Purpose and A Dog's Journey, The Tear Jerking Marley and Me, and many others. Oh, the title of the most famous weeby dog film belongs to one, the Walt Disney dr- Western drama Old Yeller, starring Tommy Kirk, Dorothy McGuire, Fez Parker, and Beverly Washburn. The classic... Disney film set in the Old West is based on Fred Gibson's 1956 book of the same name. And because it's been so beloved, it really doesn't need a plot recap, as it's been making audiences reach for tissue boxes and totally bawl their eyes out for generations since December 25, 1957. Its success led to a 1963 sequel, Savage Stam, which was inspired by Gibson's 1962 book of the same name. According to imdb.com, Old Yeller's painful death is often called the saddest moment of in all live-action Disney films. Numerous adults have often described it as the worst moment from movies they've witnessed during their childhood. And the sounds of Old Yeller snarling and growling after he gets rabies are also heard during both of the Tramps' fight in 1955's Lady and the Tramp. That's all for this week's news and flashback fun, folks. So, until we meet again, as always, stay safe and watch lots of movies and DVDs. Bye now!